We believe that the Bible is the Word of God and it is useful for teaching us, for rebuking us, for correcting us, and for training us in how to live right, so that the servant of God may be fully equipped for every good work. So let's open the Bible and let's look at it together. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, other has that. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern, an unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can she please her husband? I am saying this for your own good not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. It is not good for man to be alone. Genesis 2 verse 18. It's where Phil and Ruth started last time when they unpacked marriage and the biblical view of marriage for us. It's a great verse if you're married. It reminds you of your foundation in God and the fact that your marriage points towards that great relationship between Christ and his church. But what if you're single? If you're single, that great verse can become hard, maybe even damaging. You see, if it's not good for man to be alone and I'm alone, does that mean I'm not good? Does that mean I'm half a person? Does that mean I'm forever in this waiting room, waiting to be fulfilled? I know single people feel like that and think like that because they've told me. 
Tragically, sometimes single people in the church have been made to feel like that because of the church's attitude towards singleness, inadvertently denigrating singleness at the expense of marriage. You see, singleness matters. Singleness matters personally. We will all, at different times in our lives, be single. For some of us, that will be a short season. For others, a longer season. For some, our whole lives will be lived in singleness. Singleness matters pastorally. Between 30 and 50% of our community are single, and we need to be able to love them and accept them and welcome them. We need to be careful with our language, how often flippant use of language has caused pain in the church for single people. Singleness matters prophetically and missionally. Our culture is addicted to relationships and to family. We have this mix of Western and Eastern culture. The West with its focus on relationships and sexual fulfilment. The East with its focus on family, marriage, children. If we're not careful, relationships and marriage and children become idols in our society. And the church needs to speak prophetically and missionally into that society. We should be relevant to our culture, but we should also be changing our culture. There should be a culture within the church which is radically different to the culture in our communities. Surely the church should be the place where singles feel totally accepted, right at the heart and the centre of all that we're doing. The church should be the easiest place for a single person to walk into or to join. The church should be the community where single people feel safest and most fulfilled. What's more, we are called to reach out into our society and therefore it's vital that our missional understanding is accepting and welcoming of single people because there are so many singles within our society. Singleness matters. Singleness matters first and foremost because Jesus was single. In a world addicted to family and sex, Jesus was a single virgin and he was totally fulfilled. Jesus lived life to the full. Jesus said to others, come to me and I'll give you life in all its fullness. And people flocked to him then and flocked to him now because they saw in him, we see in the Gospels, a fullness of life. And Jesus is not the only key single man in the Bible. Paul, who wrote over a quarter of the New Testament, was single and fulfilled. Indeed, he saw his singleness as a gift. How were they able to live such fulfilled lives? How were they to treat their singleness not as a handicap, but as a calling, as a gift from God? Well, to really unpack the answer, we need to spend extended time in the Gospels and the letters. But what can we say briefly now that might help us? Well, we can realise that they were men focused on the kingdom of God. We worry about our relationships, don't we? 
We worry about our families. We worry. If, you're, if you happen to be married, you can worry, can you have children? When you have children, you can worry if the children are going to be okay. You worry about education. You worry about university. And what was Jesus' antidote to worry? Well, we find it in the passage we had read to us, Matthew 6, where Jesus says, why do you worry about the things you cannot change? Don't worry. Seek first the kingdom of God. And in those well-known words, we see the foundation of Jesus' life. We can see why he was totally fulfilled whilst also being single. He was kingdom-focused. What did that mean for Jesus? Well, it meant that his primary relationship was his relationship with the king, with his father in heaven. Jesus made time for that relationship. Jesus prioritised that relationship because he knew that relationship was the foundation of his life. His foundation was not whether he was married or not. No, his foundation was his relationship with the father. Therefore, early in the morning, he gets up to spend time with the Father. Sometimes all night, he spends time with the Father. Sometimes he walks the long way round so that he can have time with the Father. Not because of some religious duty, but because of his relational necessity. Jesus' foundation was his kingdom relationship with God. And out of that kingdom relationship flowed a kingdom lifestyle. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. He preached the kingdom. He lived the kingdom. He modelled the kingdom. The kingdom of salvation where he called people back into relationship with their father. The kingdom of social action where Jesus was the one who spent time with the poor and the needy and those on the edge. The power of the kingdom where he saw the sick healed, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the mute speak, the dead Rise. Jesus was primary, primarily concerned with his kingdom relationship and with the outworking of that kingdom in his life. And therefore he was fulfilled. And we find this in Paul as well. Paul was focused on the kingdom. He knew his life was about his kingdom calling to take the gospel of the kingdom to the Gentiles. That's why Paul can say, as he does, that his singleness is a gift. If we're to understand those words from Corinthians that we had read to us, we need to understand that Paul wrote them in the context of the kingdom. You see, Paul understood that what was happening now was not the ultimate reality. Therefore, he can say, if you're married, live as if you're not. If you buy something, live as if you don't own it. We can't understand that unless we understand his theology of the kingdom. Paul understood that Jesus had come to bring the kingdom. And in that first arrival of Christ, Christ came as the servant king, as the sacrificial king, as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But there would come a moment when Jesus would return as the victorious king as the ruler of the heavens and the earth. And Paul understood that our lives now are pointing towards our life then. That's why Paul can say that marriage and singleness is a gift. Because both marriage and singleness point to the future. 
if we're married, our marriage points to that great marriage, that great wedding feast of the Lamb, when Christ will be united with his church. But that marriage will usher in the new heaven and the new earth when there's no marriage, when we will all be single and totally fulfilled. Therefore, marriage points to the fulfilment of the kingdom, but do, so does singleness. And therefore, married or single, right now, our focus should be the kingdom of God. Paul believed that his singleness actually helped him because not having the worries of marriage or family meant that he could be even more devoted to the kingdom now. And that's why he encourages others to stay single that they can be totally devoted to the kingdom purposes of God. Singleness matters. It matters personally, pastorally, prophetically. It matters because Jesus and Paul were totally fulfilled in their singleness, and therefore so can we be. But that doesn't mean that singleness is easy. We do live in a world where everybody else seems to be in a relationship. We do live in a world where everybody else seems to be celebrating engagements or weddings or the birth of a child. And so it can be tough. And it would have been tough at times for Jesus and for Paul. So what did they do while they did this? They invested in friendship. Their primary investment was the kingdom and their relationship with the Father, but they always made time for friends. Jesus, yes, went up the mountain to spend time with the Father, but he also took time out with the 120, with the 12, with the three, with Peter, James and John. Where do we find Jesus relaxing? Well, we find him relaxing in the house of his friends, Mary, Martha and Lazarus. When does Jesus weep most profoundly? Well, when his friend has died. Jesus knew the value of friendship and invested in friendship. And so did Paul. Paul invested in friends. Paul is always travelling with others, with Timothy, with Titus, with Barnabas, with Silas, with Priscilla and Aquila. There are times when Paul ignores a missional opportunity because he's waiting for his friend. Singleness matters, but so does friendship. We need friends. We need to invest in friends. We need to have what I call Muppet friends. People that we know love us enough to tell us the truth when we're being a bit of a Muppet. Let's invest in our friendships. Let's be focused on the kingdom. Let's spend time with the king. But let's also take time to build friendship because it's not good for man to be alone. We are created for community. All of us need friends. Let's take some time now to reflect on what we've looked at together. And then my friend, Julie, is gonna share some of her experiences of living out a kingdom life as a single person. I'm Julie, I became a Christian at the age of 23, just after I'd left college. And age 29, I came to Wimbledon and to Queen's Road Church as it was then, everyday Wimbledon as it is now. And I've been here for the last 34 years. Apart from a few short months uh, when I was engaged, I've been single and faced the challenges that I guess every single person faces. 
The world's very good at making you feel second best and tries to destroy your self-confidence and your self-worth. And you can become very sensitive to comments like, uh, it'll be you next, or when, when are you going to find somebody? And I guess a lot of people listening to this will probably be able to relate to that. I have to confess that I found the verse that we're looking at today in Genesis very challenging over the years. Um, it's quite hard because in the chapters before in Genesis, God is creating the world and saying it was good, it was good, it was good. And then suddenly it says it's not good to be alone. And uh, that's quite tough. But uh, as Simon has said, the New Testament take on it and the fact that Jesus was a single man and Paul was a single man and just their examples in the world. And that Paul said that it's a gift from God, although that's quite hard to work through, it's, um, it's a great um, promise to us and uh, one that we need to embrace. Um, I know I'm not alone in this, which is an ironic thing for a single person to say, but about 35% of the adult church is made up of people who are single, whether they're pre-marriage or whether they're single parents or they're divorced or widowed or just people who um, their spouse doesn't come to church or they're full-time single like me. Um, it's quite a high percentage of the church. So what things have I found hard about being single? I find it quite hard to walk into places on my own. The first time I came to Queen's Road Church, um, I walked into the church and went to find somewhere to sit and went into the main auditorium and it seemed like every chair was covered with coats, bags, um, Bibles. And it's hard enough, you feel self-conscious walking in on your own but I just scuttled off upstairs because the church was um, along the road in those days and had a balcony. And uh, I, when I got home, I prayed about it and said that if this is the right church for me, let me be welcome, feel welcome there. The next time I arrived, somebody met me at the door and took me in and said, let me find you somewhere to sit and um, I'll introduce you to some people. And so that was a real answer to prayer. So I knew this was the place that uh, God wanted me to be. I can find um, special occasions quite difficult, maybe Christmas, birthdays. I think not feeling special to one particular person is hard, and that's where my faith has been invaluable. It says in Deuteronomy, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. So knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour has been the biggest comfort in my life. And when things have been tough, I've trusted him to be my friend and support. And I can honestly say that his peace passes all understanding. It's very easy to slide into an attitude of, it's not fair, everyone else has got a partner, they're so happy. And that's sometimes a bit of a warped assessment of the situation, can be very far from the truth. There's also a myth that singleness is the same as loneliness, and that really isn't true. Obviously, there'll be times where you feel very alone, but it's not all the time, and it's very easy to stand back and think that other people should be helping you. But I'd really encourage you, if you're feeling lonely, you're feeling um, alone, friendships are so important. Community is a really crucial thing to us, and I think if you can be a good friend to others, then you will have lots of good friends. The church community is an important part of a single Christian's life, 
and I really encourage you to get involved. There's lots of opportunities within church. You could maybe co-lead or lead a life group. I've led a life group for uh, 20 plus years now and it's been an absolute blessing to me. Um, there are serving groups that you could join. Knowing how someone like me found it hard coming in alone, uh, you could really empathise with people coming into the church. I know at this moment it's tricky because we're not meeting together, but um, if you want church community, you could join the morning prayer group or you could help with the children or youth work. There's still plenty that you can do, but definitely I'd say join a life group. They will be your support group. Be hospitable. Don't be afraid to invite a couple around. Some, some people are frightened by three people and it's really not that bad. And I think it's really important to have married friends as well as single ones. So work hard to form your community. Um, it's really important to value your friendships, especially at this time. If there are people that you haven't seen or heard from recently, it's really um, good to contact them and you will benefit as well as them. So I've mentioned what we as singles can do to um, get involved in the church, but what can the church community do to help single people? I would say don't do what one church I read about did and have a 20s to 30s group, which was called Pairs and Spares, can you believe it? Show singles that they're valued. It's great if churches can have single people in leadership, such as life groups, pastorates, as we do, so they can be role models. It's also great if a church takes time to preach on singleness. One of the most important things I've experienced over the years is being invited into people's families, not for posh meals, but just to be part of the family. And I've got friends who've taken me on holiday with them and, and allowed me to be part of their family, and that's really special. It's certainly been great for me over the years. If you as a could invite a single person into your family, you're really doing something very special. It's important to remember that we're all children of God as individuals and not necessarily as part of couples, and that God loves us individually and we're part of his eternal plan. Being single isn't easy and there will be difficult times, but you have a time and freedom that many others don't have. So I would say enjoy your friends, Take hold of what God has in store for you and work to strengthen your relationship with him. One of the verses that has touched me recently is Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, which I'll leave with you now. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Let's take some time now to reflect on what we've looked at together. And then my friend, Julie, is going to share some of her experiences of living out a kingdom life as a single person. I'm Julie. I became a Christian at the age of 23, just after I'd left college. And age 29, I came to Wimbledon and to Queen's Road Church as it was then, everyday Wimbledon as it is now. And I've been here for the last 34 years. Apart from a few short months uh, when I was engaged, I've been single and faced the challenges that I guess every single person faces. The world's very good at making you feel second best and tries to destroy your self-confidence and your self-worth. 
and you can become very sensitive to comments like uh, it'll be you next or when, when are you going to find somebody and I guess a lot of people listening to this will probably be able to relate to that. I have to confess that I found the verse that we're looking at today in Genesis so very challenging over the years. Um, it's quite hard because in the chapters before in Genesis God is creating the world and saying it was good, it was good, it was good and then suddenly it says it's not good to be alone and uh, that's quite tough but uh, as Simon has said the New Testament take on it and the fact that Jesus was a single man and Paul was a single man and just their examples in the world and that Paul said that it's a gift from God although that's quite hard to work through it's, um, it's a great um, promise to us and uh, one that we need to embrace. Um, I know I'm not alone in this which is an ironic thing for a single person to say but about 35% of the adult church is made up of people who are single, whether they're pre-marriage or whether they're single parents or they're divorced or widowed or just people who um, their spouse doesn't come to church or they're full-time single like me. Um, it's quite a high percentage of the church. So what things have I found hard about being single? I find it quite hard to walk into places on my own. The first time I came to Queen's Road Church, um, I walked into the church and went to find somewhere to sit and went into the main auditorium and it seemed like every chair was covered with coats, bags, um, Bibles, and it's hard enough, you feel self-conscious walking in on your own, but I just scuttled off upstairs because the church was um, along the road in those days and had a balcony. And uh, when I got home, I prayed about it and said that if this is the right church for me, let me be welcome, feel welcome there. The next time I arrived, somebody met me at the door and took me in and said, let me find you somewhere to sit and um, I'll introduce you to some people. And so that was a real answer to prayer. So I knew this was the place that uh, God wanted me to be. I can find um, special occasions quite difficult, maybe Christmas, birthdays, I think not feeling special to one particular person is hard, and that's where my faith has been invaluable. It says in Deuteronomy, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. So knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour has been the biggest comfort in my life, and when things have been tough, I've trusted him to be my friend and support. And I can honestly say that his peace passes all understanding. It's very easy to slide into an attitude of, it's not fair, everyone else has got a partner, they're so happy. And that's sometimes a bit of a warped assessment of the situation, can be very far from the truth. There's also a myth that singleness is the same as loneliness, and that really isn't true. Obviously, there'll be times where you feel very alone, but it's not all the time, and it's very easy to stand back and think that other people should be helping you. But I'd really encourage you, if you're feeling lonely, you're feeling um, alone, friendships are so important. Community is a really crucial thing to us, and I think if you can be a good friend to others, then you will have lots of good friends. The church community is an important part of a single Christian's life, and I really encourage you to get involved. There's lots of opportunities within church. You could maybe co-lead or lead a life group. 
I've led a life group for uh, 20 plus years now and it's been an absolute blessing to me. Um, there are serving groups that you could join. Knowing how someone like me found it hard coming in alone, uh, you could really empathise with people coming into the church. I know at this moment it's tricky because we're not meeting together, but um, if you want church community, you could join the morning prayer group or you could help with the children or youth work. There's still plenty that you can do, but definitely I'd say join a life group. They will be your support group. Be hospitable. Don't be afraid to invite a couple around. Some, some people are frightened by three people and it's really not that bad. And I think it's really important to have married friends as well as single ones. So work hard to form your community. Um, it's really important to value your friendships, especially at this time. If there are people that you haven't seen or heard from recently, it's really um, good to contact them and you will benefit as well as them. So I've mentioned what we as singles can do to um, get involved in the church, but what can the church community do to help single people? I would say don't do what one church I read about did and have a 20s to 30s group, which was called Pairs and Spares, can you believe it? Show singles that they're valued. It's great if churches can have single people in leadership, such as life groups, pastorates, as we do, so they can be role models. It's also great if a church takes time to preach on singleness. One of the most important things I've experienced over the years is being invited into people's families, not for posh meals, but just to be part of the family. And I've got friends who've taken me on holiday with them and, and allowed me to be part of their family, and that's really special. It's certainly been great for me over the years. If you as a, could invite a single person into your family, you're really doing something very special. It's important to remember that we're all children of God as individuals and not necessarily as part of couples, and that God loves us individually and we're part of his eternal plan. Being single isn't easy and there will be difficult times, but you have a time and freedom that many others don't have. So I would say enjoy your friends, take hold of what God has in store for you and work to strengthen your relationship with him. One of the verses that has touched me recently is Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, which I'll leave with you now. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. <laughs>